day is the day that the Lord has made so that we might be joyful, glad and rejoice in it. And it's the day we're going to have communion. It's the first communion of the new year of 2018. And I'm glad that you, you made it here this morning. Uh, today is also the end of the 10 days of prayer. Uh, if you want to be really technical, yesterday was the 10th day of prayer. So we finished the 10 days of prayer yesterday. But today is the Sabbath celebration. And our topic today will be uh, in line with what we studied over the 10 days of prayer. Whether you're able to come to church and meet here, whether you're able to join the people here in Belleville who were going from home to home, uh, we, we went to two different homes, at least, that I remember. And we came here to the church, and there were other people meeting in different localities. So it doesn't matter where you were uh, joining for this uh, 10 days of prayer. Uh, if you had a chance to read through the materials and to pray for the, the pointers that were suggested there, I am sure that you have been blessed. Over the course of the past 10 years, uh, 10 days rather, we have studied the, uh, the attire, the garments of the high priest. Uh, the high priest had special attire, special garments that he would use in the course of ministering for the people. And we know that the priests... God instituted the priests in the service of the old sanctuary, in the service of the old tabernacle. And the priests would be a great representation of Jesus Christ himself. The priest was the mediator between the people and God. And the priest would uh, even intercede for them. Particularly once a year when the day of atonement would come. On the tenth day of the seventh month, month. They would gather together and they were supposed to confess their sins and be really repenting and repent for their sins and confess them. The Bible says that if anyone would be still holding on to any uh, hidden sin, to any cherished sin, they would be consumed. They would die because they would not receive forgiveness. But as long as you repented and confessed, forgiveness would be offered free for you through the intercessory, through the mediating work, the mediatory work of the high priest. Now, there are different, uh, different representations of, of the high priest. This is one of them, uh, of the garments of the high priest. You see that there was a, a linen tunic that was wore uh, underneath. And then there was a, a robe on top of that. And there was this uh, ephod, which is this blue, this highly decorated piece of cloth that hung on the shoulders of the high priest. And there is the breastplate that is on top of it. And there are two onyx stones on the shoulders. And there were two other stones that were the Urim and the Thummim that would be on the breastplate. And uh, there is another representation here with the blue robe and everything. Now, we studied what those would represent. But the Bible says that Jesus is our high priest. And so we begin by trusting the Bible and believing what the Bible says, that Jesus is our high priest. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, 16 to, uh, 14 through 16, that Sister Brenda read earlier today, seeing then that we have a, a great high priest, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, 
For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So Jesus is in the heavens making intercession for us. And because of that we can approach the throne of grace humbly but yet boldly. So that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What does it mean that Jesus is our high priest? Let's see what Jesus himself said. Jesus said in John chapter 16, 24. John chapter 16, 24. He said, Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive, so that your joy may be made full. So Jesus was with his disciples. And Jesus was saying, You are not receiving anything because you are not asking what? In my name. That's one of the lessons we learned this, this week. That our prayers should always be made in the name of Jesus. Right? So usually that's how uh, we end our prayers. We may present our petitions to God and we may thank Him for what He has done in our lives. And then at the end of the prayer we say in the name of Jesus we pray these things. Because Jesus Himself said, Ask in my name and you will receive so that your joy may be made full. So in Jesus' formula... We address the Father when we pray. We ask the Father. And Jesus himself, when he gave us the model prayer, the prayer, uh, the, the Lord's Prayer, he said, uh, he, he addressed the Father. And so we are encouraged to address the Father and present all our petitions in the name of Jesus. So that's how we should end our prayers. But Jesus didn't stop there. In verses 26 and 27, the same chapter 16 of John, Jesus said, in that day, the day you ask in his name, in that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. Jesus is saying, uh, you don't have to ask me to ask something to the Father. You have direct access. But remember to do that in my name. And so you can ask directly to the Father. That's, why, that's what I was saying just, uh, just now. You address the Father directly. Father, these are my petitions. These are my requests. But you do that in the name of Jesus. Now Jesus is saying that he is not going to ask anything to the Father on our behalf. Because we have direct access, access to the Father. But still, what does it mean then that Jesus is our high priest? While Jesus continues in verse 27, he says, For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. So Jesus is saying, the, Lord will, the Father will hear you because you love him. And because you have accepted that I have come from the, God, from the Father, from God. Does, uh, does anyone here today believe that Jesus came from the Father? Yes or no? I don't see many people that believe that Jesus came from the Father. But you can boldly raise your hands if you do believe that Jesus came from the Father. Jesus came from heaven. He did. And so if you believe that Jesus came from the Father, you can ask the Father anything you want in Jesus' name. That's the Lord's words. That's what he said. And he goes on in verse 28 now. Jesus says, I came from the Father and have come into the world. 
world. And now I'm leaving the world and going to the Father. Praise the Lord. Because Jesus is saying, if you believe that I came from the Father, if you believe that I came uh, from the part of the Father, from heaven, and I'm here with you now, now guess what? I'm leaving you, I'm leaving this world, but I'm going back to the Father. And so Jesus promised with His word that He was going back to be right next to the Father, and with His life and sacrifice, He assured us, of his intercession on behalf of those who believe. So Jesus is back in heaven. He's next to the Father interceding for us and assuring us of our salvation. Jesus is our high priest. Someone who walked, who trod this dirty sod, this uh, earth. He walked here and he lived as we did and he suffered like we did. And because of that, he can sympathize with us. That's what the Bible says. So we studied the garments of the high priest. And over each of the ten days, we saw a part, a portion of the garment of the high priest. On day one, on day one, we studied the anointing oil. The anointing oil was the oil with which the priests were anointed. And the oil is a symbol of the holy spirit and so we need the holy spirit we need the holy spirit to bring unity in our church we need the holy spirit to bind us together so we can look at each other as more important than ourselves on day two we studied holiness to the lord and you shall be holy to me that's what the bible says was this was the inscription holiness to the lord or holy to the lord uh, in different Bible versions, was the inscription that was on the mitre of the high priest. And it was a public demonstration, a public testimony that he was set aside to serve the Lord in that capacity. And so the Lord is calling not only the family of Aaron, the Lord is calling not only the Levites, the Lord is calling now everyone, because we now are part of the priesthood of believers. And our lives should be a witness for him, holy to the Lord. God, when God called Moses, and God was going to empower him to go and deliver the people of Israel, in Exodus chapter 3, we see Moses coming and see, he saw that burn, burning bush. He couldn't quite understand what was going on. He was so intrigued that he had, he said, I have to come closer and find out what this is. And as he's getting closer to the bush, the voice of the Lord is heard and the Lord said, take off the sandals off, take the sandals off your feet because you're standing on holy ground. So the bare feet were, was a symbol of respect, uh, represented the reverence we must have when we come in true worship to God. We're not supposed to come to the Lord with less respect than we would if we were to come before the presence of any judge. Uh, of the prime minister, of the mayor of the city, would come with respect, and we should have no less respect, much more even for our father. On day four, we studied the robe of the, the high priest. And the robe is a symbol of Christ's righteousness that would cover the nakedness of the high priest. The righteousness of Christ who covers our spiritual nakedness and makes us whole again when we accept him. On day five, we studied the ephod, that uh, blue cover that would be hanging 
from the shoulders of the high priest and covering both his front and the back. The high priest carried our burdens. It was a symbol of Christ carrying our burdens as well on his shoulders and strengthening us in everything we go, we go through. So Jesus enables us to go through even the most difficult of situations because he carries us. On day six, we studied the girdle of the high priest. That was the sash that would come on top of everything else. After he was, uh, uh, after he was all arrayed, he would put the sash on. And it represented that he was ready, ready to serve. He was just prepared and ready to be called for service. And likewise, we should always be prepared to serve as we minister. We should be prepared to minister through service, even as God calls us. On day seven, we studied the breastplate. The breastplate was something that the high priest would carry. And there, was the, there were there 12, uh, 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And he would carry that close to his heart. And he would be walking around with that and having the names of the people of Israel close to the heart. Likewise, we are near to the heart of Jesus when we accept him. And he will carry, he will have a special place in his heart for each and every one of us. And more than that, because Jesus takes us and, and keeps us near to his heart, we are then united as a people, we are united as a church by the love of Jesus Christ. On day eight, we studied the Urim and the Thummim. Those were two stones that one of them, the Urim, would shine when they would inquire of God whether God's response would be yes or no to a certain situation. The Urim would shine, would have kind of a halo on top of it that would shine in, and that would be the yes answer that God would be given to the high priest. And when God would be saying no, oh, a cloud would be on top of the thummim. And so that's how they would understand if God was saying yes or no. So the lesson we take from that is that we also must understand what Christ's ministry is all about. If you recall last year at the end, close to the end of the year, I said that still this year, uh, still now before the spring, we're going to have a series of sermon, uh, sermons talking about the heavenly sanctuary and the inter intercessory work of Christ in the heavenly sanctuary. We need to understand that. We as Seventh-day Adventist Christians need to fully understand what is Christ doing in heaven for us. And we must also not only understand what the work of Christ, of Christ is, we must understand what His will is for our lives. That you may understand what the will of the Lord is, Paul says in Ephesians 5.17. On day 9 we studied the censer. While the censer that would produce uh, smoke, the incense that would go up to, to heaven was a beautiful representation of not only the prayers of the saints being gathered and, being as, and ascending to heaven, it was also a symbol of Christ's intercession on our behalf. So the Bible consistently shows us that Christ is our high priest, that the ministry of the high priests, of the earthly, of the human high priest, was but a representation of the ministry of Jesus Christ himself. Seeing that we have a high priest who has passed through the heavens, 
Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Jesus had promised that if you believe in me that I came from the Father, guess what? I'm going back to the Father. And here we have the testimony. In the book of Hebrews, Jesus had already ascended to heaven. And we have the clear testimony of Scripture saying that our high priest has already passed through the heavens. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in no points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I don't know what kind of gospel we have been taught. I don't know if you've been taught earlier in your life that you had to pay for your salvation. I don't know if you were taught that you were required to do this and that and that and that other to finally be accepted by God. But this is not what Scripture tells. This is not what Scripture teaches. Scripture teaches us that we may obtain mercy freely by God's grace whenever we had need of it. So we covered days 1 to 9, but there is still day 10. On day 10, we studied just last night the bells and pomegranates. Now, these things, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Luke 21, 28. What's the connection between this text and the bells and pomegranates that would be hanging from uh, the hem of the robe of the high priest? Well, as the high priest was, was ministering and he was uh, wearing those clothes, the people could hear, even though they could not go into the sanctuary, the tabernacle, they would still be able to hear the high priest because he was moving around and the sound of the bells uh, shaking against the pomegranates, the jangling of those bells would uh, remind the people and reassure them that the high priest was in activity. Now it's true that on the day of atonement, he would change his garments. He would put linen garments on before he would go into the most holy place. And so uh, the people would be here outside waiting to see whether or not his intercession, his ministry, his sacrifice had been accepted or not before God. His offering had been accepted or not. And so they would be here outside waiting. Well, once he was done with the service in the most holy place, he would come outside of, come out of the most holy place, back into the holy place, and put on his garments as well. And the people would hear the jingling of the bells as the high priest was walking out of the holy place, out into the courtyard. And they would be waiting here patiently. And as the jingling of the bells would become louder and louder, they were sure that the high priest was coming out, that his sacrifice, his offering, his atonement for the people had been accepted by God. Likewise, when you see these things beginning to happen, when you hear the jingling of the bells, when you see the signs fulfilling uh, right around us, when you see these things happening, you can be reassured that our redemption is drawing nigh. Our redemption is drawing near. Jesus is alive. We can be assured of that. 
Jesus is alive and is interceding. There was a chance, there was a risk that the high priest's atonement, the high priest's ministry could not be accepted because of his own sinfulness. And, and so there was always this chance and people would be apprehensive here outside waiting to see whether or not the atoning sacrifice, the atoning service would have been accepted or not. But not so with Jesus because he's perfect and he's a great high priest who has never sinned and never will. And so you can be reassured that Jesus is alive in heaven interceding for you. But not only that. The signs tell us that Jesus is coming soon. That Jesus will come. And as Christ intercedes for us in the most holy place, even though we cannot hear the bells on His garment, we should pay attention to the signs of His coming. The signs that He is about to finish His work in heaven. And after He finishes His work as high priest in heaven, He will put on His royal garments. And he walk outside of the heavenly sanctuary. And he'll come as king of kings and lord of lords. Ready to conquer and to give us eternal life with him. I look forward to that day. And if you do. If you do. Today is a special opportunity for you to renew your commitment with the Lord. Knowing that he is doing his part. He's doing everything he can to save you. He's doing intercession in, in the heavenly sanctuary. Every sin that you confess, every sin that comes to your awareness, and you confess promptly, Jesus will plead on, on your behalf, and He will raise the record of that sin from the books of heaven. So when Jesus comes, even if Satan is trying to accuse you, Jesus will say, no, his record is clean. Her record is clean because they accepted me. And I have applied the benefits of my uh, sacrifice on their behalf. And they are mine. Wouldn't you want to hear Jesus say that about you? Isn't that great when you are going through some ordeal, something difficult, and someone stands next to you and says, no, I'm, I, I, I got their back. I'm taking care of that. And Jesus is doing that for you. Because without him we would have no chance. But Jesus stands on our behalf and he says, uh, This one is mine. That one is mine. For him, for her I have died. I've shed my blood for them. And they are mine. They have accepted me. If that's your desire to say yes to Christ. To renew your commitment. I invite you for a prayer now. But I also invite you to take part to partake of the communion service. You know, in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, uh, everyone is welcome to participate in the, in the Lord's Supper, in the communion service. We also, we encourage though, that everyone would take some time to make self-examination. And, and make sure that they are in peace, they're right with the Lord. Because that's a very personal and individual uh, response. And so that is required of each one of you. But you are invited to partake of the communion service with us. And as we do uh, customarily in our church, we follow the instruction of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, when he instituted the communion service, he also instituted as part of that a beautiful ceremony of the foot washing. 
where one person washes the feet of the others. In fact, when Jesus instituted it, he was the only one washing the feet of all the disciples. No one felt that they were, uh, that they should, you know, kneel down, stoop down and wash someone, someone else's feet. That was too lowly for them. But Jesus made himself a servant as he was, and he went down and washed the disciples' feet. And so likewise we do here in the church. We go now through the ceremony of foot washing and wash, we wash each other's feet. Because then we touch the other person's feet. It may not be as, as pleasant as you, you might think. But you know, we do that out of humility. And by doing that, we also represent the fact that we are serving one another. And so after the foot washing, we'll come back and partake of the emblems of the body of Christ. The unleavened bread and the pure grape juice that represents his blood. So I invite you to stand for a prayer now. And in my prayer, I'll be appealing that you join us for the communion service, that you, you complete your self-examination if need be, and you surrender everything in your life to Jesus so that He may stand up for you whenever needed. Father, we thank You for this opportunity. We thank You that the Word is clear. The Bible gives us this assurance that Jesus has done everything He could. And continues to do after his resurrection everything he can to save us. And so Lord help us to also respond to that love. Help us Lord to leave behind anything that might be holding us back from a full relationship with Jesus. Help us Lord surrender everything. Help us Lord understand that even the deepest struggles of our soul can be surrendered to Jesus and He will take care of that. Help us, Lord, overcome sin in our lives. Help us, Lord, confess our sins that they may be blotted out from the records of heaven. I ask you these blessings, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.